0: You have your Bibles this morning, um, we're going to read a very well-known psalm together, Psalm 103. When you turn there, if you would stand to your feet, and then we are all going to read the whole chapter together. It's 22 verses, but uh, let us stand together as we read this great chapter together. I believe the Lord's... Uh, The Holy Spirit's coordinating our meeting this morning, and I'm going to speak on God's great faithfulness in 2020. God's great faithfulness in 2020. So Psalm 103, when you get there, you'd stand, and then we'll all read this chapter together. 22 verses. Let's stand together this morning for the reading of God's word. Honor his word this morning. Psalm 103. And trust we're all there this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's, Let's read it together. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all them that are oppressed. He make known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are of dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. The wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, and do his commandments harkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Father, this morning we pray, Lord, even as we have proclaimed your word, Lord, that faith would enter into our hearts. And Lord, that by faith that we may Uh, Again this morning, take hold of your promises. Apply them to your lives. Lord, anoint us both to preach and to hear your word. Lord, open our ears and our eyes. Lord, we pray above everything that your name will be glorified in this house this morning. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. That second verse of the psalm that we have read, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget not, forget not all, all, all his benefits. You know, as we're approaching the end of this year, and we cannot claim that we'll see the end of 2020 because only the Lord knows, but by his grace, if we reach the end of this year, Another year passes in uh, to the record books, to the history books. Those books that I'm talking about is not the records that men keep uh, of this world, but it's the records that are kept in heaven. God has books that he records. He records our lives. He records the events. He records everything that takes place in this world. And really, that's all that matters, what men will Look over the year and celebrate as they come to the end of the year. The the news will do what they're going to do. The entertainment world will do what they're going to do. And they'll look over the highlights of the year to bring you what has happened. But you know, God has a record of the year 2020. God keeps a record of the events that unfolded internationally, nationally, locally, and right down into every individual in this room there's a record of our lives. The psalmist said in Psalm 56 and verse 8, Thou tellest my wanderings. You put my tears in your bottle, and are they not in thy book? God records everything concerning the life of his children. The Bible tells us that every one of us, every one of us will give an account of himself to God. How is that kept? Because there is books, the Bible talks about books that are opened in heaven for whereby we will give an account of ourselves. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36 that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words they are justified, and by thy words you are also condemned. You know, it tells us of a people. Think of this. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. It tells us of a people. Consider this for a moment. Then they that feared the Lord spake, spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord and sought upon His name. Here's a people, think about it for a moment, a people that feared the Lord, a people that speak often one to another about the Lord and they feared Him and the Lord heard it. And the Bible says, listen, it's so profound. The Bible says that when God heard it, that a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord. God recorded their conversation. He was so impressed, as it were, about the conversation that they had about the fear of the Lord that was amongst them, that they often talked about the Lord, that the Lord said, would you record what these people are saying because it delights my heart. We can look over this year, friends, uh, 2020. We can say with the hymn writer, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. We know that we can look over it in different ways. We can look over it internationally. We can see the scene of time and the prophetic calendar unfolding before us in in real terms. And I'm not speaking on this this morning, but when we consider 2020, when we consider the year that has just about to pass, when we consider it on an international scale, and I don't believe there's anyone, whether saved or not saved, cannot look over this year and look at it with amazement of the events that have unfolded on a global scale. We have witnessed things that are transparent prophetically that we thought could possibly take decades to happen, and yet within a short space of time, the whole world stage, it seems as though, is being sovereignly put into place for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't say that in any uh, an it in any way. I say that because the reality is we are heading rapidly towards the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This year, you would agree, has been an awesome year for the events that have unfolded on an international basis. When we look across the globe, the globe and what has taken place from the beginning of the year, the turmoil, the shaking, the wars, the disease, the plagues, the political instabilities, everything. And it just seems to fold in the one thing after another. But brothers and sisters this morning, this is all leading us to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is coming and he's coming soon. And I tell you, friends, I'm excited about that when we sing these songs, that we'll walk the streets of glory. One day soon, the church of Jesus Christ is going to be raptured from this earth, and we're going to walk the streets of glory. We're going to fall before the throne and the Lamb upon that throne, and we'll worship Him forever and forever. It is going to be a glorious day. It is going to be an awesome day. It is going to be a wonderful day for the church. But for so many friends, at that moment, listen carefully this morning. I know you hear it often. And maybe, probably, sometimes we get so familiar with what we're hearing. Familiarity is nearly like a cancer. It breeds an unbelief and a dullness of hearing. But pray by the Spirit of God that some soul in this room this morning, that God would just impress it upon their heart. Friends, listen to me this morning. When Christ shall come. Listen, this is a reality. When Christ shall come, listen, this same Jesus, not an angel, not another man, not another person, not another religious figure, but this same Jesus shall return in like fashion. He's coming, and He's coming soon. For us who are saved this morning, we're rejoicing in that day. This is the one that saved us by His grace. This is the one that delivered us from the part of sin. This is the one that lifted us out of the mighty clay. This is the one that has clothed us in his own righteousness. And friends, this morning, this is the one that's put a song in our heart. Even praise unto our God. And our faith is going to give way to sight. And we shall see him. They that look for him shall see him. He's coming and he's coming soon. What a day it's going to be. What a reunion it's going to be with the loved ones who have died in Christ. The dead and Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and shall remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the earth. What a day it's going to be, friends. But it's an awesome day and it's a fearful day and it's a sobering day and it's a day of reality. It's a day of reality. It's a day of reckoning. It's a day of reckoning, friends. And Christ shall come in the clouds. Ten thousand of his saints. and all his splendor and all his glory. Friends, he's not coming back to a lowly manger in Bethlehem. He's not coming back. Again, friends, to give his back to the smiters. And allow those Roman soldiers to smite his face and ripped the hairs from his very face and crown him with thorns. He's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords yeah. and as the judge of all the earth. Friends, I want to tell you, that's an awesome day. The Bible tells us, few there be, few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. It's going to be an awesome day, a wonderful day for the saints, but a sobering reality for all those that have rejected Jesus. For all those that will stand before the great white throne judgment on that day, kings, queens, rich men, poor men, the great and the mighty that the world would present to you today, friends, the wealthiest in the world, the poorest in the world, will all stand equally before that great white throne judgment and give an account. Bible tells us, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to tell you, friends, I'm glad that I bowed these knees and I can confess them as my Lord this morning. Internationally, our world is changing on a rapid basis over this year. Nationally, nationally, I suppose they will come up with their great highlights of the year in a local sense for us as a nation, but friends, I don't think there's much to rejoice in. On a national basis of what has taken place and the laws that they've brought in, I don't believe that we should be rejoicing in a nation that has brought in abortion and same-sex marriage. There's nothing to rejoice in that. It should grieve us on a national basis. Locally, locally as a we fellowship, We can truly say, and we say this to give God the glory, God's blessing has been upon us. We should say it and we should acknowledge it's been the good hand of the Lord that's been upon us. The Lord has blessed us. The Lord has kept us. The Lord has brought us through. We've encountered many things as a fellowship, but the blessing of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the provision of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord... He's worthy this morning to receive praise. And then, individually, individually, because every one of us are individuals, fearfully and wonderfully made. Individually then, you can look over a year. And every single person in this room has experiences over that year. Every family have experienced things that might be different from another family, And what you've experienced may not be what someone else has experienced in this room, but as 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 children of the Lord, as we look back over the year, there's many things that have unfolded and taken place in our lives. And we might sit, as we often do, and look back over the year and see the highs and see the lows. See the times of tears or the times of great loss or the times of a sense of hopelessness even times someone i think prayed that we may not always have felt the nearness of the lord but he's been there and we've experienced all these things change in our lives change in our homes change in our land we have seen many things that have happened to us individually You might look over and see a year of of disappointments or a year of difficulties or a year of trials. Others might look over that year and say, wow, hasn't the Lord been good to me all year? I've just seen the blessing of the Lord. And it's different for different people. So we rejoice with those that are rejoicing and we weep with those that weep because there's a diversity in the individual walk that you have before the Lord. I want to talk about a few things that are important for us this morning, whoever we are, as we look back over this year of 366 days. I want you to turn to Lamentations, again, well-known scriptures. Lamentations chapter 3. And we have to actively do something here. Every individual in this room We have to actively do something. Lamentations 3 and verse 21. Lamentations 3 and verse 21. 366 days as we approach the end of this year. Scripture says this. Lamentations 3 and 21. This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. I want you to stop for a moment just at this one verse, and I want us to stop before we go any further. That That is telling us this morning, or instructing us, that every individual in this room has to activate their thought process, their thinking, to remember something. This I recall to my mind. There's something I have to do. Are you hearing me this morning, brothers and sisters? You have to do something. You have to be proactive. You have to activate your thought process as we're about to read God's Word. Otherwise, you'll miss the blessing of the Lord in it. This I recall to my mind, and therefore have I hope. Verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. That word consumed means that we haven't been snuffed out. It's the mercy of the Lord that we have made it through. Because his compassions, what does it say? Feel not. They are new every morning. And then it says what we've been singing, Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. What is he telling us this morning? When we activate and recall to our mind, that every morning of this year that we're about to finish, every single morning of this year, the faithfulness of God has been great. Every single morning that you awakened and got out of your bed, there was mercy for you every morning. Not just some mornings in this year, but every single morning. And so the Scripture's telling us here, what I want you to do, saints, is I want you to recall this to your mind. Because if you do, what will you have? You'll have hope. In a world that has no hope, in a world that's filled with fear, and do not know where to turn, the Scripture's telling us what we must do. Every day in this year, I want to tell you a few things. Psalm chapter 68 and verse 19. If you turn over to it, Psalm 68, 19. Every day of this year, I want to tell you what the Lord says about it. Psalm 68 and verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Do you know that loadeth us with benefits? Do you know what the picture is that, so you can understand it? Do you know in, in the olden times when the camels were coming through the desert and they were carrying all their, all their goods to deliver them and they're all loaded up? This is what it's saying. Every single day of this year, the Lord has been loading every one of us with his benefits. Remember, forget not his benefits. Even the God of our salvation, God has supplied, as as Philippians 4 and 19 says, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Every single day of this year, God has loaded His people with His benefits. Whether we think that or whether we feel that, this is what the Word of God says. Over this year, God has blessed you every day. You're blessed beyond measure. The blessing of the Lord has been upon your life. Every day of this year, He has shown his strength to give you the ability to live the life that you have lived. In Psalm chapter 92 and verse 2, it tells us there that he shows forth his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night. Every day, God has shown his loving kindness toward his children. Every day, in Isaiah 33 and verse 2, this is what it says. God has shown our been your arm of strength. And Isaiah 33 and verse 2, if you turn to it, it says these words, O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thy their arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. Brothers and sisters, every morning in this year, the Lord has been our strength, the Lord has been our portion. We have experienced the mercies of the Lord. Every day he's been faithful to his people. The Lord's blessing has been upon our life. The the hymn writer says, Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine, O dear, presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. The Lord has been faithful to his people. Would you say amen? Every day he's loaded his people with his blessings. Every day he's give you the strength to live this life for him. You may not have always felt this. I may not have always felt this, but it's nothing to do with our feelings. The truth of it this morning is that this God is a faithful God. Every morning, every morning he has brought forth his judgment. That's what Zephaniah 3 and 5 says. Every morning he has not failed. Every morning, he has shown that he is just and he is true and that he's an unchanging and a faithful God. Over these 12 months, brothers and sisters, listen, in a world that's changing, in a world that's in chaos and being shaken, there's one sure thing that we know, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never changes, and here's our hope, He's not going to change. He's going to be the same as He was yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's still going to be your confidence and your guide. He's still going to be the one that brings you through every trial and every tribulation. He's still going to be the one that blesses your life and loadeth you with benefits. He is the one this morning, friends, that sticketh closer than a brother. He will never leave you or forsake you in 12 months, and 300, because it's a leap year, and 366 days, every single day, to every family in this room and to every individual. This might seem simple, but it is simple. I want to tell you something. God's been faithful to you. God's been faithful to you. Every single family, every individual, that's in this room, that knows the Lord as their own and personal Savior, write down to the young ones, listen to me this morning, God has been faithful to you. We can say that we feel. We can say this morning that we are not faithful. But we can never say of our God that He's not faithful. He's a faithful God. He hasn't changed. He is constant. He is sure. He is loving. In those 366 days, God has never failed. You might think, well, Tim, we know this. I'm gonna pr- bring you to a people in a in a moment that knew this, but they forgot about this. They forgot the basics of it all. 366 days, every time you've woke up, he's been faithful, Morris. Every time you've got out of bed, he's given you the strength to do it, Stephen. Every morning that you've woke up, He's given you mercy on thee. Every day He's blessed you, Fiona. Every day His goodness has been upon your life. Every day He has been there. Whether we feel it or whether we don't feel it, God has been faithful. And the hymn writer says with the scripture, Great is thy faithfulness, O God. 366 days. And as the world Will run through their reels about what they think is important. This is what's really important this morning. Eight thousand seven hundred and eighty-four hours, five hundred and twenty seven thousand and forty minutes. We'd hear this one. Thirty-one million six hundred and twenty-two thousand four hundred seconds. God's been faithful. There wasn't a second that God wasn't faithful to you. Not a second. He's never failed you, Hassan. He's never let you down, Sarah. He's been there all the time, Victoria. He's gathered every tear. He's written them in his book. He has not forgot one of his children. God has never... Here's some things I want you to know about this year. And hopefully... As we recall this to our mind, you see, you have to be active in your mind. That's the place where there's a lot of activity, but you need to make sure the right things are getting into your mind. Activate this, recall this to your mind, and then what will happen. You'll leave here with hope in your heart. In Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3, if you would turn to it and read the word, recall this to your mind this morning. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3. In those 31,622,400 seconds, I'm going to tell you something very important. Jeremiah 31 and 3. The Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Can I tell you something? God has never stopped loving you this year. Not once. There isn't a second, saint of God, child of God, listen to me this morning, there isn't a second over this year that God hasn't loved you. Not a second. You see, his agape love is not the filial love, the human love, the natural love, which depends upon feelings, His love, agape love, depends upon covenant, and that covenant is in the blood of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. And so He's loved you, friend. Every second of this year, His love has never waned, has never grown cold, has never failed. God loves you this morning. He's never stopped keeping you, one Peter. 1 and 5. If you turn over 1 Peter, now recall this to your mind, then therefore you'll have hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1 and 5 that we are kept, who are kept, what are we kept by? We're kept by the power of God through faith on the salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Do you know we don't keep ourselves in this Christian faith, in this walk? We are kept by the power of God. Do you know we are kept by Him every day? He has kept you throughout this year. He has kept you from falling. And see, when you did fall, He's the one that's lifted us up. He's a God that lifts us even when we fall. We are kept by His power. I want to tell you something else. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13, if you turn over to it, and verse 5. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says these words. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, what has he said? Would you read it with me? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Can I tell you something, friend? In this year, saint of God, he's never left you. And he's never forsaken you. That doesn't mean at times you haven't necessarily felt the closeness of his presence. Or through difficult times. You've wandered in the darkness of the night. But I want to tell you the promises of God are this. I've never left you nor forsaken you. All this year God has been faithful. In 1 Peter, if you turn over chapter 3 and verse 12. 1 Peter 3 and 12. In this year... You may have taken your eye off the Lord, but I want to tell you something. He's never taken his eye off you. Talking about the saints this morning. 1 Peter 3 and 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Over this complete year, if we make it to the 31st of. December and end of 2021, the eyes of the Lord has been upon your life and His ears have been open to your prayer. In Joshua chapter 21 and verse 45, I want to tell you something about God this morning. He has never failed and He never will. He won't fail you and He won't fail me. And in this day and this hour in which the church is under great pressure and pressing, I want to tell you something. The church of Jesus Christ needs to know this, that he's not going to fail his church. The church will be built and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Joshua 21 and 45, there failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Everything in this book that's sitting on your knee this morning, every prophecy and every word that he has spoken, This is the inspired Word of God. Everything in this book will all come to pass to the glory of His name. Not one thing will fail. Can I tell you something, friend? We look over this year, and every one of us have failed in some degree. There's not one of us have had a year where we've been perfect. Every single person in this room has failed. I want to tell you something so precious this morning. His blood has never failed. The blood of Jesus Christ, if you turn over, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 says these words. 1 John 1 and 9. 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If you're here this morning, you're condemned and the enemy is on on your case. You feel the Lord and He's pressing you down. Making you feel worthless. Let me tell you something, friend, this morning. Listen to these words. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 7 of that says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. What does it say there? And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Thank God there's power in the blood. Amen. It's never lost its ability to to cleanse us, even after salvation, friends. It's so important that the blood still avails for me and for you. We have no other argument, no other plea. We're flawed beings. He remembers our frame. He knows that we're dust. He knows that we feel, but we're not looking to ourselves. We're looking to Him this morning. He's our perfection, and He's our righteousness. The blessing of the Lord Every morning has been upon our lives. If you turn to Ephesians 1, please, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. The blessing of the Lord. We are blessed this morning. Ephesians 1 and 3 says these words, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Do you know you're blessed this morning? Are you aware that you're blessed? This is how you'll have hope. If you forget these basics, these are the basics, I understand that. But if you neglect or forget the basics, you'll lose hope in this world. And this world has no hope, but thank God we have hope, and His name is Jesus. The blessing of the Lord has been upon your life that makes it rich and addeth no sorrow with it. There's been arms, listen, there's been arms that have held you throughout this year. They've never failed, these arms, and thank God they never will. Whatever is ahead of us, and we don't know... We really don't know whether Christ could come or call at any moment for any person in this room, old or young. Let me tell you something. It's important to know that there's everlasting arms round about you and underneath you. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, if you turn back to it, verse 27, Deuteronomy 33 and 27 says these words, the eternal God, Deuteronomy 33 And 27. The eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. Underneath our lives and round about us are the everlasting arms of Almighty God. He has never failed us. If we recall these things to our mind, whatever's going to happen in 2021, if we make it there, because I actually do believe the in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sudden and the unexpected return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why I say that is because we can't boast of tomorrow because he could come today. That's the reality. But here's one thing that we do know. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 10, we know that his great delivering power will never fail us. Paul writes these words, 2 Corinthians 1 and 10, who has delivered us from so great a death and he does deliver and in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us even in the days ahead. Do you know he's a great deliverer? We can trust him that he's going to deliver us. He's going to keep us. And He's going to guide us. And His grace is going to be sufficient for us. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Just follow it through for a few moments. We see here the sufficiency of the grace of God. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Paul writes, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore will I glory in my infirmities. What happens? that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I want to tell you, saints, you may not know this. You may not understand this. But when you've gone through great times of great stress in the year that's passed, when you've walked through the darkest night, when you've gone through great trials, great storms, when you've gone through the valley and through the fire, when you've had to walk through that, you can't run through it, but you've had to walk through it day by day. Great pressures, great times of difficulty. And people then have seen the grace of God in your life. The power of Christ in your weakness has actually rested upon your life. And the world look and say, these people are different. There's something unusual about them. How do they cope? I do not know how the world cope without Jesus. I do not know how you get through 2020 without the Lord. Because of the Lord's faithfulness. His grace was sufficient. He's never changed. And that's why in our reading, he said, this I recall to my mind. And when we recall this, what should it do or provoke in us? It should provoke in us hope. Because what he's been yesterday is what he is today. And glory to Jesus, that's what he's going to be tomorrow. Has he been faithful to you, saint? Listen, I'm asking you a question. I feel urged of the Lord to actually ask the question to provoke a response. Has God been good to you? Yes. I'm not talking about I'm asking. I'm talking about God's sin because there's a people here that we'll look at that are an example to us and God done so much for them. He done so much, but know what happened? They forgot. Has God been good to you? Is there anyone could stand to their feet this morning and say, my God's been good to me. God's brought me through. I know there were times I didn't, I wasn't 10 out of 10 Christian, whatever that is, but I know I've been trusting in the Lord and he's brought me through great trials, great storms, and he's faithful. Is there anyone could say that this morning? Is there anyone could testify, my God's been good? I went through the valley, but He is the lily of the valley. I went through the storm, but He's the one that calms the storm. I went through the long, dark night, but I tell you, I've known that He comes as the joy in the morning. I know that I've gone through times where I haven't had two days to rub together, but thanks be to God this morning, He supplied all my needs. He's provided for me. He has put a table in the wilderness for me. Even in the presence of my enemies, the Lord has provided. He's a good God. He's a good God. You see, the danger, the danger of forgetting, and, and some people might have already switched off. I understand that. I understand that. But listen to me very carefully. When we forget the basics... When we forget the basic things, it's going to lead us somewhere. When we're sitting here this morning and, well, I've heard all this. You know, I know this anyway. I just know this. And we don't need to hear it again or we don't need to be reminded of it. We can very easily become like a group of people that the Lord told us that he's established and set up as an example to us upon whom even the ends of the world have come. That we should be reminded of what God has done in our lives. And never forget what the Lord has done. Has the Lord done great things in your life? Has the Lord saved you? Have you done nothing else? It's enough that you're saved this morning. That your name's in the Lamb's book of life. That's enough to praise Him forever and forever. But He's kept you. He's blessed you. His grace has been sufficient. Has He brought you through? Come on, has he brought you through, saints? Has God been good to you? The the older saints among us this morning that have walked with the Lord longer and have gone through the trials and gone through all those things and you see their lives, you see the grace of God upon them and you see the mercy of God and you see God's brought them through. What are they? They are testimonies in the house of God and they're important. How you conduct yourself, how you live for God, what type of man you are, what type of woman you are, are crucial. Who for? Who are they crucial for? God says they're crucial for the children. Not amazing? They're crucial for the children and the, the children's children. That's an awesome thing. In Hebrews chapter three, verse seventeen, it says these words: "But whom?" But whom was he grieved forty years? Not just one year, but forty years. Was it not them, Hebrews 3 and 17, was it not them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. There is a connection, and you can follow this through, but there's a connection between forgetting and unbelief. When you begin to forget what God has done for you, you fall into a thing that's called unbelief. And unbelief is a sin. And there's a whole group of people here, a couple of million, that forgot the great things that God had done for them. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine imagine forgetting what the Lord's done for you, Marguerite? Can you imagine the hole, Stephen, that God dug you out of? Can you imagine, Nikki, the time when God reached down his hand and lifted you out of a horrible pit and saved you? Can you imagine ever coming to a point in our lives that we have forgot what God has done? Can you imagine that for a second, the day and the hour that God saved your Mum? Thank God that he saved us. Have you forgot the pit that he's dug you out of? Have you forgot the sins and the chains that he's broken in your life? Have you forgot the misery and the death that you were living in? Have you forgot the power of darkness that was over your mind and over your life? And Jesus came along and he touched me and I've never been the same again. That's the miracle of the new birth. Can you imagine forgetting what God has done for you? Imagine this. If you turn over to Psalm chapter 78, these people are lifted up for an example for us. I'm not going to read the whole Psalm. It's quite lengthy, but I'll pull out some things. But Psalm chapter 78, this is why it's important not to forget because it brings us to unbelief. Psalm 78 verse 5 says, For he established a testimony in Jacob. This is a book recorded of the events of the years of Israel's wanderings in the wilderness and what God had done for them, his faithfulness but their unfaithfulness. For he established a testimony and Jacob appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers, what should they do? That they should make them known to their children. The testimonies of the Lord. This is so important. I want you to hear this this morning. Saints of God, particularly those You don't necessarily have to biologically be a mummy or a daddy. You hear me this morning, this is important. This is about the children, the generation that come up behind us. In other words, there's a testimony that God appointed amongst Israel that they would make those testimonies known to their children. Verse 6 says, why is it important that they know this? That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children. Why? That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Listen, this is important. And I suppose it's a a different age group that I'm sort of looking at, but our kids are important to us this morning. Your life as a man or a woman, whatever age bracket, but old enough beyond I'm not going to say which is youth or which middle aged we get into trouble, but listen, your life's important. What the Lord has done in your life is crucial. Why is it crucial? It's crucial because the testimony that what God has done in your life is important for the children that walk into this house and they look at your life and they see the life that you're living. And what will they do is when they see the life that you live and the testimony of God in your life, they're going to have hope and they're going to declare the testimony of what God has done in your life to their children. In other words, the baton is passed from generation to generation. The baton of faith in God, that God is more than able. What happens, friends, so often is our children are coming up in a generation they're saying, where's the great things that have done? How do they know that, they, that God doesn't do it anymore? Because they see a church that's dead. They see a people that don't believe. They forgot what God has done in their lives. I want to tell you, friends, this place should be full of the praises of God and what God has done in our lives. Why? Because then see our kids who are an example to many of us. When they see the testimony and the rejoicing in us, then they'll want to rejoice and they'll want to the praise to you. I know what they'll do when they have wee ones of their own. We're going to tell you what happened in our church about 50 years ago. There were times when the presence of God was so mighty, we couldn't stand in His presence. We were talking yesterday to my mom and dad and having a time of talking over the years, talking of times when Nikki's dad, Frank, and many of you know Frank, but in those early meetings in that church, and they were standing there and, and Frank was there, and and Jim McConnell was there, and Jim Connolly was there, all these great preachers, and they're all standing. And the glory of the Lord came down so quickly. Frank would testify to this. He was standing with his hands in his pocket. Not a good thing to do in church, but he was standing with his hands in his pocket, and the presence of God came down so mightily and so quick that he fell flat on his face. Didn't have time to get his hands out of his pocket. The power of God was moving. Preachers were going out. Churches were being planted. I know things might have changed, but that's when it was birthed. That's when it was real. But we should keep it real. Keep it real. What would we trade the presence of God for? Buildings, choirs, great auditoriums. Give me the presence of God any day. Declare the works of the Lord. My dad was telling me, and I didn't know this story, but he began to, But you know, when he told me this yesterday, told us this, in my heart I was going, that's awesome. I'm rejoicing in that testimony that's been passed down through the generations. But his father, my grandfather, was an alcoholic. And he was a drunkard for years, years and years. My granny was a saved woman. She was riddled with Parkinson from an early age and bent over. And my dad was telling me about going out, two wee boys, him and his brother. And they went out into the town and his dad would take him down to all the different cinemas that used to be the picture houses in Belfast. And he took him out one day and every place they went, there was a bar. And my grandfather got himself full drunk. That's the way it was. He would crawl up York Street. He was an alcoholic. And my dad would see my, my grandmother praying over this drunkard land in the middle of the floor. He's abusive and everything else. And he drunk the whole business. They had a business. He drunk the whole lot. They went bankrupt. They had to move to a wee cottage. And then there was a preacher, a brethren preacher called Peter Brandon. And he was preaching in the shipyard every lunchtime. And these great hangers. these are testimonies that mean so much, friends. And they were preaching, that old brother preacher, he was only a young man then starting out, and he was preaching in those hangars, 300 men in the shipyard. Think about it, friends, think about it. You try to imagine that hard and rough, and these men were preaching, and and my grandfather got a job there, and a man said to him, Hugh, come on up to the meeting at lunchtime and my grandfather went up sat in the back row and that man preached the gospel that day and he made an appeal and my grandfather at the age of 59 an alcoholic walked down that aisle fell to his knees and gave his life to Jesus Christ 1959 50 years later listen this is important even for preachers to encourage us Fifty or so years later, my mum and my dad are driving towards Newcastle, Northfields was on. And there was a sign, this is about ten years ago, maybe more, yes, ten years ago. And there's a sign up at Northfield speaker, Peter Brandon. My dad said it couldn't be. And knowing my dad, he's just going to go in, he's going to knock the door, and he's going to find out, is it Peter Brandon? The woman said, well, he's staying up in that house up the road. My dad drove up, knocked the door, and there's an old man in his 90s called Peter Brandon sitting with a cup of tea with another brethren man. And my dad just said, could I just share something with you? He shared that with that man. And Peter Brandon says, I remember that man. He walked to the door and he turned around and said to my dad, I'm so glad you shared that with me today. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Let me tell you, friends, your labor's not in vain. We may not know who has got saved on this side of eternity, but when we get over the other side, you're going to see all those seeds that have been sown and him that has given the increase. And you can rejoice in those testimonies of the goodness of God. You see, if we don't declare them to our children, then our children won't believe it's real either. That's how we have hope. That they may set their hope in God and forget not the works of God, but keep his commandments. There's a danger in forgetting or becoming familiar with things. It happens in churches all the time. Like it's Sunday morning. Like it's the Lord's table. Like you don't really have to go. Really? Really, friends? I'm listening to seasoned believers saying You don't have to physically meet together. Really? Really? But we're all part of the body. Amen to that. But we don't have to physically come together. Really? Are we reading this? There is something unique about the coming together of the blood blood of Jesus Christ. And it's different to every other religion in this world. It's different, friends. They forgot the works of God. Can I ask you a question? Have you forgot the great works of God in your life? Listen, I'm asking you a serious question. Have you forgot what God has done? There's many or most that are saved in this room. Some aren't. But do you remember what he saved you from? Do you remember? Do you remember the day? Remember the hour? You may not have it all etched down, but do you remember what he got you out of? Have you forgot what God has done? They forgot his works. Verse 11 and Psalm 78 says, They forgot his works, his wonders, that he showed them the marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea, caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a the cloud and all that night with the light of fire. He cleaved the rocks in the wilderness. He gave them drink out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock, caused the waters to run down like rivers. And they forgot. Can you believe that? They forgot what God had done. Do you know what they actually said? Look at verse, verse 19. They speak against God and said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? They were so filled with unbelief, they didn't think God could do any more great works for them. Because, behold, He smote the rock, and the waters come out, the streams flow. Can He give us bread? Can God provide for us? Can God make a way when there is no way? They began to question God. Verse 22 says, Because they believed not in God, trusted not in His salvation though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food and they still didn't believe him. They forgot the marvelous works of the Lord. Do you know what it says in verse 38? But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, destroyed them not. Yea, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yea, they turned back and tempted God. And you know what they did when they forgot? And the unbelief came. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 42 says, They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. I'm closing this morning and asking you this question Have you forgot the day that he delivered you from the enemy? Have you forgot that moment? You might have been four years old or you might have been 40 years old. It might have been last year or it might have been 20 years ago. I want to ask you something, friend, this morning. Have you forgot what God has done for you? Have you forgot this great salvation? Have you forgot what He saved you from? Have you forgot the great testimonies of the Lord in your life? Have you forgot the blessings of the Lord? Have you forgot what He's done for you, friend? Have you forgot? God saying, "Listen, I'm full of compassion and mercy. If you return to me this morning." And just begin to thank me and praise me for what I've done. I'll flood your life again with this great joy of this salvation. If you would turn away from yourself, your own belief. This I recall to my mind. Have you forgot? What's in your mind this morning? What's in your mind? Doesn't our minds get filled with everything, doesn't it? But fill your mind with these things. The goodness of God. God's been faithful, church. God's been faithful. The day this becomes all just going through the motions. And we're all sitting just having a wee look around and just making a judgment and everything, whether this is right or that's right or that's You forgot the hole you've been dug out of. You forgot that it's a privilege to actually sit amongst God's people. This isn't a right. This is a privilege to be here this morning. You forgot of the great things that God has done in your life. Has God been good? Jeff, has God been good to you? The testimonies of the Lord. Has he been good, Rebecca? Look at the families that he's blessed us with. Look at the children that we're blessed with. Look at the wee ones that we're blessed with. Look at the place that we're blessed with. Have you a shirt on your back this morning? Have, did you have a breakfast this morning? Did you get out of a warm bed this morning? And let me tell you something, there's many lying on the streets this morning. We give everything for your bed. Have you got up with a clear mind this morning? Have you got up with a song in your heart? Have you got up this morning you your voice in the blood? Have you got up rejoicing this morning? What happens, friends, we forget, don't we? That's why the Bible's filled with forget-nots. forget not what he's done. He's been good and he's been faithful. I want to leave this floor open for a few moments to end it this way. If God's been good, bring your testimony into God's house. Why is it important? Oh, nobody wants to hear me. That's nonsense i tell you why it's important. Because the kids in this wee fellowship need to hear your testimony. I know what they'll do. I can remember if the Lord tarries, know what they'll do. Know what they'll do, Stephen. When we're we're well gone, if the Lord tarries, know what they'll do in this wee place. Whether it's in this building or that building or whether it's no building. They'll say, i tell you what. You remember a time. What do you call that fellow in that church? His name was Stephen. You remember what happened to him? Remember his testimony? God healed them of cancer. You remember a time time when there was no way through? Oh, we needed finances. You see, we forget the history of the church. Not this church, but the church that God provides, that God supplies all our needs. We forget, don't we? So we have no evening service, but we can spend a few extra moments to stand and say, Lord, I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. I encourage you to do it this morning. You'll be amazed what happens if you take the step of faith even if you're not feeling like it because the power of God will come and break every chain and he'll flood you with the joy of his salvation. His joy. So take these few moments to stand to your feet and thank the Lord for his goodness.